0: Chapter twenty two part one of Angels of the Battlefield. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Angels of the Battlefield by George Barton. Labors in the West. Part one. Soon after the beginning of the war, the Irish Brigade was organized in Chicago by Colonel Mulligan whose life was sacrificed in the union cause towards the close of the war he was a devout catholic and a warm friend of the sisters of mercy as his command were nearly all catholics he determined to secure the services of the sisters in behalf of his sick and wounded and before his departure from chicago called on reverend mother francis from whom he obtained the promise that the suffering among his soldiers should be cared for by her children this is the mother of whom a brief sketch is given in a previous chapter the regiment left chicago in the summer of eighteen sixty one and was finally stationed at lexington missouri on september third six sisters of mercy escorted by rev mother Francis and her assistant left chicago under the care of lieutenant shanley the superiors were to return when the sisters were settled in lexington the hospital was to be in charge of sister mary alphonsus butler assisted by her companions to those who had never been within sight or sound of war's alarms this appeared to be an undertaking of no small hazard the sisters believed they were risking their lives yes said one i was fully convinced i should never see chicago again they went by st louis to jefferson city from which point they were to proceed to lexington during their stay in jefferson they were the guests of mr and mrs mosley who were ardent sympathizers with the southern cause nothing could exceed their attention and kindness to the sisters to whom they showed every mark of respect when mr and mrs mosley withdrew to st louis they left their beautiful home at the disposal of their valued guests it was rumored that confederate forces were stationed along the river banks and that communication with lexington would be speedily cut off the sisters therefore embarked on the first boat leaving jefferson the sioux city which was to carry them to their destination it was under command of lieutenant shanley who was conducting a detachment of troops to lexington several ladies were on board among whom was mrs mulligan who with her infant daughter was going to join her husband as the steamer proceeded up the river the rumors of danger ahead became more and more alarming at length at the earnest request of some of the ladies lieutenant shanley gave orders to return to jefferson on reaching that city the officer in command directed that the ladies who were not willing to undertake the voyage should be put ashore and that the sioux city should resume her voyage to lexington the second attempt however proved that the alarm of the ladies was not unfounded danger was constantly apprehended it was given out as certain that the confederates were stationed at glasgow a small town on the missouri when the boat came within a few rods of it the confederates were seen rushing from the woods on both sides of the river sister mary alphonsus who was saying her office on deck saw the men on the right bank uncovering a cannon and preparing to fire she hurriedly entered the stateroom saying here they are who asked a sister the confederates she replied while they were still speaking they heard the whizzing and rattling of bullets outside the head of the boat was immediately turned but the firing from both sides of the river continued for some minutes had the assailants waited till the boat had come within range of the cannon nothing could have saved her their impetuosity defeated their attempt as it was the escape of the boat was considered miraculous the sisters afterwards met a gentleman who had been among the confederates at glasgow on that occasion he told them that the southerners never could account for the escape of the sioux city there were five hundred infantry on the right bank and one thousand cavalry on the left no one on board was wounded but the craft was very much damaged the pilot-house was completely riddled as the confederates had aimed particularly at the helmsman the southerners afterwards declared they did not know there were women on board when they fired on the boat above all the sisters for they were especially courteous to all who wore the religious habit during the danger the other ladies were placed by the officers in the part of the boat which was least exposed the sisters stood in readiness to wait on the wounded but blessed god that there were none such at this time when the peril was over one of the sisters caused much amusement by saying i continued to say my office all through the firing so that i might have it finished before being shot during the return voyage much apprehension was felt because the confederates were supposed to be in ambush at different points about ten miles below glasgow the boat stuck in a sandbar and the efforts of the men to release her were more terrifying than the southern bullets this was the last attempt made to reach lexington meanwhile colonel mulligan's brigade of two thousand men was surrounded by price's men supposed to number twenty thousand for three days the brigade made a gallant resistance their supply of water had been cut off for forty-eight hours when they surrendered to general price september twentieth eighteen sixty one the general proved himself a generous enemy and his conduct won the esteem and gratitude of his distinguished prisoner the two men became sincere friends before they parted the sisters continued to occupy the mosley residence they experienced the greatest kindness and respect from the colored people left in charge of it to the simple souls they were a great curiosity the old housekeeper wanted all her friends to come see the sisters and numbers responded to her ardent invitations these guests were puzzled to account for the want of resemblance between persons related to each other as they thought in the first degree you say this lady is your sister said one but she doesn't look like you at all nor this one either It took some time to make them understand that the relationship was not in blood, but in spirit and profession. The Jefferson City Hospital for the Sick and Wounded was placed under the care of the sisters. This charge they readily undertook at the request of the authorities, as the original project of going to Lexington had proved impracticable. They found the poor soldiers in wretched condition. The hospital, a very recently established institution, had not yet sufficient furniture convalescing soldiers who were the only nurses could not be expected to bestow on the sick the tender care they required no woman of a religious order had ever before been seen in jefferson and such of the soldiers as had heard of them had heard little that was construed to their advantage the sisters therefore on taking charge of the hospital met with a very cold reception they showed neither surprise nor annoyance at this and very soon the coldness and prejudice disappeared being followed by appreciation and gratitude on entering the hospital they found a poor soldier in a woefully neglected condition lying on a blanket laid on the floor one of the sisters requested the nurse to allow her to have a little water when she received it she knelt beside the poor sufferer and bathed his face and hands the nurse a rather stern person stood by during the process may i ask madam said he when she finished is that man a relative of yours no sir she replied i never saw him before we are here to take care of the sick and we attend every patient as we would our nearest and dearest relative in a short time the sisters by their self-devotion had gained the good will of the inmates and officers and the hospital began to wear a better appearance it took a good while however for the citizens and soldiers to become so accustomed to the sisters as always to recognize them as such one morning as they were going processionally to mass they met a new detachment of soldiers who stepped aside to allow them the sidewalk they kept a respectful silence until the sisters had passed when one turning to another inquired who's dead when general fremont and his staff came to jefferson they at once visited the six soldiers Desiring to have an interview with the sisters, the general was shown to their apartment just as they had assembled for their frugal meal. When he knocked, the door was opened, and, to their great astonishment, he and his staff, in brilliant uniform, stood before them. The interview was a very pleasant one. General Fremont was, on all occasions, most courteous to them, and granted everything they asked. Eloquently did they represent to him the wants of the poor soldiers, for whom he promised to provide, and his promises were religiously kept. This officer was noted for his kindness to his soldiers, especially the sick. The sisters also received several visits from Colonel Mulligan and his brave little wife, an old pupil of theirs. When she heard of her husband's capture, although she had but just recovered from a severe illness, she made her way across the country to Lexington to comfort him by her presence. Soon after he was paroled, and they journeyed homeward together, stopping at jefferson on their way mrs mulligan gave the sisters a glowing account of her husband's exploits and moved them to tears by her description of his sufferings she was proud of him for he was a genuinely brave man to rare merit he added rare modesty and were it not for the animated recital of his devoted wife the sisters would have heard but little of his thrilling adventures in lexington End of chapter twenty two part one